Father, we're asking for the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives to speak to us right now. That what happens here right now in the next few minutes would be life-changing and that we would know your voice and that the people in this room's lives would be changed because of what happens here. Help me, God. Help all of us. We, we open our minds and our hearts and our eyes to, to see and to hear and to know what you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, guys, let me tell you what we're studying. We're studying the, the Bible. We're studying the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a, hist, a historical account written by Dr. Luke about 2,000 years ago about what happened in the world, in the, the, the known world at that time, at, at, after Jesus stepped off this planet. And so we've talked about how the, the church of Jesus exploded all over the known world and the way that the, that the power of Jesus in his church changed the world the way that it was right then. It has changed lives and has continued to do that to this very day. That's what we're talking about. Okay, so what we talked about last week, if you guys remember, that there was a stepping up of the work of the Holy Spirit. There were, at, there were churches being established all over, the, all over the place. Little little groups of Christians who had been scattered all over the Middle East. But there were two big centers of what, where God was working. One was in Jerusalem, the church in Jerusalem. And the other one was in a place called Antioch, which is in now modern-day Turkey. And if you guys remember, last week we had Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas um, got commissioned to go out on a mission trip. Remember, the Holy Spirit it was, was reaching the world through his people. And so these two guys are commissioned on a mission trip, Paul and Barnabas and their apprentice, whose name is, whose name was John. Okay, so you got PB and J. Okay, you got PB and J, Paul, Barnabas, and John, and we're, we're picking this up in Acts 13, verse 13, okay? So this is where we are, Acts 13, 13, and, and there's some things that I want you guys to catch from this. From Paphos, that's the place on the island of Cyprus where they, where they were, Paul and his companions, his companions, Paul, Barnabas, and John, PB and J, they sailed to the mainland, to Perga, in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. And here's my question. What's a PB&J without jelly? Okay? Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. Okay? PB&J stands for peanut butter and jelly most of the time. But here it stands for Paul, Barnabas, and John. Okay? It's supposed to be funny. Okay. So John leaves them and heads back to Jerusalem. So here's what I want you guys to think about. They had brought John along. They had taken him as an apprentice because they had, a, they had a reason to do that. God had a reason for John to be with them. They'd been investing their life in this guy. They were counting on him to take over ministry. Maybe they were pl pl hoping that he would actually take their ministry so they could do things other places. They got big plans for him because God's got big plans for him. And they get past the first leg of the trip. And John, John Mark, takes off, and he goes home. He leaves. He abandons them. Ouch. And the reason that he abandons them isn't clear. But it's not okay. It's not okay. And the reason we know that, I mean, this wasn't just like, okay, excused absence. Like, oh, you got a, you got a situation you got to go back home for. And the reason we know that it wasn't okay is because two years later, when Paul and Barnabas are starting out on their mission trip a second time, and Barnabas says, hey, let's bring John Mark along. 
Paul says, no way. We're not taking him along. We're not taking him along because last time we took him along and he gave up on us. We, the, the church of Antioch had supported him, put their resources into him. His mom back in Jerusalem had put resources in him. We'd put resources in him. And we got on our trip and he had taken a seat on the bus and now he goes back. We could have taken somebody else along. Paul says, no way. And Paul's upset about it. In fact, Paul's, Paul's so upset about it that Barnabas takes John Mark, who happens to be a, a relative of his, and it's like, okay, you don't want John with, with us? You go ahead and go, and I'll go with him. And they split up. Paul and Barnabas, this amazing duo, they split up. Barnabas and John goes one way, and Paul and Silas, he takes this new guy, Silas, and they go another way. So the reason they had a disagreement about John is because John had done something wrong. John had wimped out. John had wimped out. He'd given up on what God had called him to do. This one of the, think, think about this. One of the most strategic, strategic mission trips in history. He had the opportunity with not Steve going to Japan. He had the opportunity to be with the guy that wrote half the New Testament and the guy who trained him, Barnabas. And John goes, he quits because he can't hack it. Now, I want you guys to think about why. What happened there? We're going to camp down this a little bit because there's some important things for us to get at this. What do you think? What happened that caused John? Here, God's called John. God's got a plan for John. John, God has done this in John's life. And what was it that caused John to just say, it's not worth it? And here's, here's what I want to talk about tonight. Because there's, there's something that I want us to learn. Why, why is it that people quit? Because what, I don't know what the reasons are for John. But he quit probably for the same reasons that people in this room may quit. And so what we're, what, what we're doing tonight is I'm, I'm, I'm giving you guys a warning Guys, this is a serious warning because I want you guys to think about what I've seen over the years. I first had my office in here in 2001. It was 18 years ago. And I've seen a lot of people come through this building. Hundreds of people, probably thousands of people come through. I've seen people sitting in this room with their arms raised up, praising Jesus. I've seen people who have been in this room listening to the teaching of the Word of God. People join small groups. People go through leadership training like we're starting tomorrow and led groups. People who have gone to Japan with me. People who have planned to do great things for God because God had planned for them to do great things for him. People who did all that and quit. Dropped out. Just thought, it's not worth it. I'm going home. And as I'm, as I'm praying through this today, I'm thinking, I, I, I'm thinking about some situations and why those people quit. I'm thinking about a guy who went to Japan with me, begged to go to Japan with me, went to Japan with me, swore he was going to give his life to mission work, came back and said, I don't want anything to do with it. And not only walked away from Jesus, but purposefully went down a road of rebellion. What's that all about? And... A couple, like a couple that went to Japan with me multiple times. First the guy went, then the girl went, then they, they both went multiple times. I did their wedding, and I'm at their wedding, 
they vowed to each other to love each other and to love God. And you know what? You know, now, I just heard that guy's calling himself an atheist, and they're getting divorced. They promised me they'd never divorce, and they're getting divorced. I think, well, how did that happen? And a family at Grace who their kid got hurt, and as soon as their kid got hurt, they blamed the church. Blamed the church, talking about the church, writing letters, putting stuff on social media. What's with that? How can people who worship Jesus in our midst, who we pray for and love, how can they just decide, it's not worth it, I'm out of here. And there was, a, there was a guy who, he was one step away from being homeless. He came in here, gave his life to Jesus in a dramatic way. The Lord healed him. He was baptized. He had moved in our discipleship housing when it was first open. And then he got irritated at one of the guys. He left and died three days later. I'm like, what's that? What's that? The Lord had healed him until he was like, I've had enough. Walked out and died. And another guy who used to hang out here almost every day, he was your, the most friendly guy of all. Loving Jesus. Talking about the love of Jesus. Talking about loving people. He moved in our discipleship housing and got mad at one of the guys and left. Distanced himself. The more he distanced himself, the more bitter he got. And when I saw him, he just talked about how much he couldn't stand God. And two years ago, we were in Japan, and they found his body in the bottom of the UTA pool. And I'm thinking, what is the deal? How can that happen? How can somebody who experiences the love of God just walk away? So, guys, the reason I'm telling you this is not to depress you. The reason I'm telling you is because if the statistics of the people in this room are like the statistics of the other people who have been in this room in, in past times, then, there are, then so many of you are going to walk away from Jesus. That's why we're talking about this. Because I'm warning you, asking you, don't let that happen. And the, the person who walks away from Jesus is the person who doesn't care. And I'm asking you that the love that you have for Jesus is what's going to keep you following him. But that's not something that just happens unless you want it to happen. This is my plea for you. Be a part of this thing for life. So, why did John Mark give up and go home? I don't know. But I think the reason that he gave up and went home in this case was the same reason that almost everybody else did. And I want to share with you guys some of the reasons why people who, stood, who were in this room with their hands up praising Jesus decided that it wasn't worth it. I'm going to give you, the, I'm gonna give you the, the, main, the, the main reasons that I've seen. This isn't all the reasons, but these are the reasons that I've seen personally. And it hurts me. These are people who I've, who I've spent my energy on. And the number one reason why people walk away from God's plan for life. You guys, write this down. You guys got to take notes. Okay, this is, this is learning time. You're being trained in ministry. All of you are being trained in ministry. That's what you're here for. You're being trained in life. So if, if, even if you don't believe it, it's worth writing down so you can ponder whether what I'm saying is true or not. Okay. The number one reason why somebody walks away from this amazing community of God's people is because they're disappointed with people. They walk away and say, they didn't treat me right. Those people didn't treat me right. 
or Steve didn't treat me right, or the pastor didn't treat me right. Is it possible, let me, let me ask you guys this, is it possible that John Mark, when he's on this, this world-changing historical mission trip with Paul and Barnabas, is it possible that he went home because he didn't feel like he was being treated right? Yeah, I mean, we don't know. But, you know, I'm thinking, what, what were the conversations? I mean, think about it. He comes with Paul and Barnabas because he expects that Paul and Barnabas, they promised they're going to they're gonna train him, right? We're going to train you. Come on, ministry. He's like, I get chosen by Paul and Barnabas. And he goes with them, and he's doing the dishes and carrying luggage and thinking, I thought I was going to be training ministry. And all I'm doing is picking up after these guys. And they're spending all their energy on everybody else. And when I went to talk to Paul about it, I'm like, Paul, I don't, I'm not getting what I thought I came for. And Paul said, that's part of the training. And he went back to doing ministry. Now, I don't know. But I think it's possible that that's why John Mark goes home. Because the number one reason that I've seen people walk away from the community guys is because they, they felt disrespected. In other words, they were willing to stay as long as people treated them well. If people treat me well, I'm in. There's a threshold that if, in, in maybe for each one of us, where we, we expect a certain level of personal respect or personal honor, and as long as, I get, as long as I get a certain amount of that, I'm in. But if the threshold is crossed and I don't get that anymore, I'm walking away. And I want to ask you guys, what's that? What's that threshold for you? Ruth, Ruth told me, my wife is Ruth, if you guys don't know her, my wife told me this week about, she's, she was telling me about the situation where these two groups of people who both go to Grace Community Church are kind of at odds with each other. And I'm not surprised because if you take two people and put them in a room long enough, they're going to be at odds with each other if you didn't notice. So they're at odds with each other, and she was like, I don't know how this is going to be solved, and I wonder if, I wonder if that family is going to leave Grace Community Church over this. And I said, well, I hope not, but if they're the kind of people who are going to leave the community of God's people because they got offended, well, now we get to find out because we're not going to try to hang on to those kind of people. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? If you're the kind of person who is only one offense or two offenses away from saying, I don't need those people, then save yourself some time. Get offended tonight. <laughs> Get offended tonight and walk out. Because why, why do the church of Jesus, the disservice of making a mockery of the community of God's people, saying, Jesus, I'll die for you, I'll die for you, I'll do anything for you. But if, if one person treats me with disrespect, I'm out of here. What's that all about? But it happens all the time. Instead, guys, let's be this way. Here's the word. Say, I, my, my wife just told me about this, this book last week that just came out that I thought, I got to get that book and read it. It's called Unoffendable. Just say that word, Unoffendable. <laughs> now, I can't tell you it's a great book because I haven't read the book yet, but I think I like the title. The idea is that whatever anybody does to me, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to let that ruin my life. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm not going to be offended. Think about water on a duck's back. You've seen, you seen ducks, right? Go into the water. You, you see Daniel go into the water. He comes up. He's all wet. You see a duck go into the water. He comes up. He's dry. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Let the offenses be like that. And take every, guys, you will be offended. You're probably offended by what I'm saying right now. 
Here's what you're invited to. You take the fence and you nail it to the cross of Jesus. Hand it to him. In fact, let Jesus be the example when he was on the cross dying for you. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered because of you, because we put him on the cross, me, I put him on the cross, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. That's 1 Peter 2.23. Let's memorize that. And when they hurl their insults at you, just say, I'm going to be like Jesus. I will not retaliate. I will not spend my energy defending myself. Okay, first reason that people walk out of here going, I don't need that anymore, is because they're disappointed with people. Second reason, second biggest reason that I've seen is disappointment with God. God, you let me down. I thought you were going to come through for me, and you didn't come through. Is it possible that John Mark, when he, sa- he says, guys, I'm out of here. I'm headed back home. Is it possible that John Mark headed home because he was like, God, I thought we had a deal. I thought you were going to do something for me, and it didn't happen. I don't know. I don't know if that's the reason or not. But I've had plenty of people telling me that they are dropping out because God let them down. I've had people in my office railing against how bad God is. How bad. He doesn't understand what I'm going through. That's not fair. God, is it fair? How much does God have to perform for you for you to stay with him? How much of your will does he have to submit to for you to stay with him? You guys hear what I'm saying? Okay. Number one reason I found is disappointment with people. Second reason is disappointment with God. And if we can't say, God, your will be done in my life, whether I like it or not, you're headed for the exit door. The answer is to say, God, here's my life. Whatever you want, you can have. You can do. And you don't have to explain it to me because you're the boss and I'm not. Okay, third reason that I've seen people drop out. First reason, disappoint with people. Second, disappoint with God. Third is disappoint with the the lack of success in what they're trying to accomplish, even in ministry. Think about this. Is it possible that John Mark goes with Paul and Barnabas on this trip, and he remembers the stories. Of course, he's a lot younger, but he remembers the stories this is 20 years after Jesus had stepped off this planet. He remembers the stories of what Jesus' ministry was like. And he's heard the stories of what has been happening. And he's thinking, I'm going. And we're going to see success. And he goes to Cyprus. And remember how many people come to Jesus on Cyprus through their ministry? We read it last week. One dude. And he's like, all this time for one person? I don't know if this is worth it because I think I can do a better job back home. Okay, let me share with you guys what my biggest temptation is. My biggest temptation, the biggest temptation of my life is to live for myself. I'm giving my energy day after day. If I wake up in the morning thinking, who, how am I going to reach the world today? How can I help people in the Philippines and in Japan and in India? I mean, today I've been, in, I've been communicating with people from, from at least three countries, maybe four countries. And 
I'm thinking all the time, how can I give myself to this? And there's times where I think back and I think, what if I just stopped and lived for myself? I mean, when I think about, uh, over, over, over the years, I think I've given $100,000 to Grace Community Church. Big deal, I've been there a long time. But I'm just thinking, I mean, I was thinking about this today. Um, I was thinking, wow, if, if I took all that money and used it on myself, I mean, I've, I've never given myself that thought until today. Because I was thinking about, what if I lived for myself? What if I decided I'd, live, I'd just live for myself? That's tempting. It's not very tempting. Because to live for myself, I get to live for the king. I mean, you want to live for puny Steve or for the king? Live for the king. So it's not a big temptation. But I just, I, the, big, the time when I feel that temptation the most is Thursday night when I'm headed home. You know why? Because I get up, I, I all week long I'm thinking, God, what are you going to do on Thursday night? What are you going to do? What are you going to speak to these people? And I'm thinking about it all week long. And, and Thursday morning I get up and I'm just like, okay, I think I got what the Lord is going to say, say tonight. And I start writing. And I, I'm basically, from, from the minute I get up in the morning on Thursday until I'm done teaching, I'm thinking about this. God, use your words through my mouth to speak to these people and change their lives. And I drive home and I think, did that do any good? Was that worth anything? I mean, we should have just watched the video. That's the lie. Okay, is it possible that John Mark was dealing with that? Just like, uh, this ain't worth it. Okay, here's the answer to that, guys. If you've thought that, if you thought my life doesn't really matter and what I'm trying to do doesn't matter, here's what I want you, here's, here's what I want you guys to remember. The Word of God spoken to you, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Period. And that's the, that's the, you know why I've continued doing what I'm doing? Because I know that verse. I come, when I drive home on Thursday night, every, I'm just like, this is what happens. I'm driving home and I'm thinking that was worthless. And I'm like, that's the voice of the devil. First Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, Steve, let nothing move you. Nothing. Not some stupid voice from the devil. Always, starting tomorrow morning, as I get up and I pray for you guys, and we get ready for what's going to happen tomorrow, and then we got leadership, we got lunch, and then prayer, and then leadership training, and then wedding rehearsal, and then a wedding on Saturday, and I'm going to give myself fully to the work of the Lord. Fully. What would you, always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. What would your life look like? What would the world look like if you always gave yourself fully to the work of the Lord? Let's do it. Memorize this verse. These verses are worth memorizing. If you don't, if you're just like, I know the Bible says something about it, it doesn't work. You have to know it. So when the, the voice of the devil comes, you're like, nope. You just shut him up. Okay? Okay. Fourth reason. Or third. Fourth reason. Fourth reason. Thank you, guys. Fourth reason that I've seen people walk away is because of mistaken expectations. What you expect never happens, right? And those of you guys... We got, we got 10 people here tonight. What, what's going on here tonight is not what you expect, I guarantee you. What I expect tonight is not exactly what's happening. It, 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 here's the deal. Nothing happens the way you thought it was going to happen. That, doesn't, that, that just doesn't happen. Is it possible that John Mark thought this way? He's like, I thought this trip was going to be fun. I thought I was going to get ch my chance to preach. 
I thought that somebody would at least say thank you for all the cleanup I'm doing every time that Paul and Barnabas are speaking. And I'm just doing all the work. So many people miss out on what God has planned for them because of the, the misunderstood expectation of what ministry is like. Last week I had somebody tell me, hey, I want to I do college ministry with you. I said, great. Can you show up for the big howdy tour and drive? Oh, no, 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 no. I was thinking about teaching students. I was like, okay. Do you know any of our college girls? How about you meet one of our, two of our college girls and start to just kind of mentor them? No, 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 no. I want to teach the merge. <laughs> she didn't say the word merge. She, didn't, she said, I want to teach them big meaning. I said, well, how about you just, how about you come and serve? No, 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 no. I want <laughs> think, think about the expectations. We got expectations of what we think the ministry is going to be like. And when it's not like that, is that enough to cause us to just say, I'm not doing it. I'll step away. Okay, fifth reason. Actually, actually, let me, just, let me just tell you how to correct that. If that's you thinking, yeah, I tried ministry, and it didn't work. Here's what I want you, want you guys to write down. What God has planned for me is better than what I have planned for myself, even though it might be harder. What God has planned for me is way better than what I have planned for myself, even though it might be harder. Okay? If you believe that, You'll be able to combat those thoughts of like I didn't get I didn't get what I thought I was coming for. God got a better plan than what you got planned. You just got to trust Him. Okay, fifth reason that I've seen people walk away is they have that there are people walk away who have no real commitment to the team. They're committed to their thing, maybe, but they're not committed to the team. Do you think it's possible that John Mark got into this trip and thought? These guys are good, but they're not utilizing me to my fullest potential. And I think I could just do better on my own. In fact, I know if I go back to Jerusalem, there's people back there who, who want to learn the Bible. And I can go back there, I can do my own little Bible study. And I don't need to hang out with these guys and let them, tell, let them treat me like I'm nothing. So I think I'll just go back. Do you think it's possible? I don't know. But, I, but I've seen people do that. I've seen people who are skilled musicians who are so, in fact, they're better than the guy leading worship. Not since Aaron got here, by the way. <laughs> I've seen guys who are skilled musicians who, who don't stay with the community of God's people because they can't stand the thought of being led by somebody who's not as good as them. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? I've seen people who have amazing ability to communicate who walk away from the team, because they communicate better than I do. And they can't stand to be under a guy who doesn't communicate as good as them. Their gifting is teaching. Their gifting might, might even be pastoring, but if they do it better than me, how do they put themselves under the pastor who doesn't do as good? And they walk away. It's possible that what is going on in John's Mark's mind is that he's a better speaker than Paul. Remember Paul said he wasn't, a good, he wasn't an eloquent speaker. You guys remember that? Paul said, I'm not a, I'm, I wasn't eloquent. John Mark might have thought he was. Guys, be part of the team. Be part of the team. If you, want, if you expect that God's going to give you the opportunity to expand the ministry that he's calling you to do, don't walk out. And, and for some of you, this is what I want to say. Some of you guys need to, need to step up and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit to a church. 
you don't want to submit to Grace Community Church, then submit to a church. But the idea that I'll just, I'll just go along until uh, I, I, I can do just as good without the church of Jesus as I can do with it. In fact, I think I do better on my own because I don't want anybody telling me what to do. You got something. You're not, you're not understanding the way that the kingdom of God works. So I'm inviting you to be a part of something. Be a part of Grace Community Church. Be a part of another church if you want to be. But be part of, be part of the church and be willing to, 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 to commit to that group, not just whenever it feels good. Okay? You guys with me? Okay. Last one. Number five was no real commitment to the team. Number six is no real commitment to God. Is it possible that John Mark was still struggling with a commitment to Jesus? Think about this. It's possible that he wasn't, he, he hadn't really surrendered totally to Jesus. And the answer is sure, absolutely. Because if he had, then he would fall through with what God had called him to do. And the proof that he was still struggling with the commitment to Jesus is that there was something that was more important to him than doing what God was telling him to do. You guys think about it this way. When the, when the cost of doing of following Jesus exceeds the perceived benefit of following Jesus, people stop following him. In every case. If they if if somebody thinks that there's a benefit to following Jesus, but it's only this much, and the cost is this much, I don't know how you measure this, but there's some that's how we make our decisions. The people that came here tonight, you had to pay gas, you had to take time, you had to take a, a chance that who knows what was gonna happen here. But you guys came because you thought, I think, I believe that the, the benefit of going to the merge tonight is worth whatever it's going to cost me. And everybody that didn't come thought the other way. That's just the way we make decisions. So the person that steps out of ministry because they're not committed to God's purposes is a person who says it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the effort. So here's my question for you guys. What's the level of your commitment? Are you surrendered to Jesus? Is there anything in your life that you won't let him have? Is there any area of your life that you know he's leading and you're like, no, I'm not ready for that yet? A year ago, about a year ago, a guy came to my office who'd been here for a couple of years, and he said, just wanted you to know I'm not a Christian anymore. I said, okay. What do you want me to say to that? He said, I just wanted you to know. I said, well, do you want my thoughts? He said, Sure. I said, you never surrendered to Jesus. He said, why do you say that? I said, because from the day that you said that you prayed a prayer to surrender to him, and then we talked about you being baptized, you said, I'm not going to be baptized. I don't need to do that. And you refused to obey him in the one thing, the first thing that he told you to do. You never, you never did the first thing he told you to do. So don't go out there and tell people that you tried, tried Christ and it didn't work because you never submitted to him. He said, I guess you're right. I haven't, I haven't seen him since then. Now, do I want to see him? Here's, here's the deal. I want to close with something that is really encouraging to me. It's something that Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4. Paul, 20 years later, Paul's in prison. And Luke is there with him, helping him, write, write, probably writing the book of Acts. 
But Luke is with him. And this is what Paul writes. So guys, look at 2 Timothy 4, verse 9. And to me, this is, this is encouraging. Because 20 years later, this is sometime around 64 um, AD, about 20 years after the John Mark incident of going home, Paul writes to Timothy. Timothy is the young pastor of the church in Ephesus. And Paul writes to him, 2 Timothy 4, verse 9, says, Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly because Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. So here's another guy that, that split the scene. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. But check this out. Here's the encouraging words. Get Mark. That's John Mark. That's the guy we just talked about who's, who split the scene. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is so helpful to me. I can depend on him is what Paul is saying. Is that cool or what? Praise God that, that for those words. I mean, I'm just thinking, yes! Paul realized that John Mark hadn't totally quit. And here's what I want you guys to catch from this. Is for anybody that's walked away, and even for even for those people that are listening to this podcast who have walked away, or if you guys are watching on the video and you've walked away, I just want to say, come home. Come home. All is forgiven. All is over. We don't have to talk about the past. We don't have to talk about what you did wrong or what I did wrong or what the community of God did. Come back. Because we've still got a kingdom to build. And Jesus hasn't given up on his mission that he called you to. You're still doing this. You're still in it. Let's go. And I promise you, I won't be like Paul was when he didn't want to go with, with John Mark the second time. We're going to be like Barnabas. Whatever's happened, I just want to say, come back. There's people who are here who don't talk to us anymore. That's painful. I'm so, stop that. Come home. Let's finish this thing. And for those of you that are here, some of you guys are like, man, I just came to a family. Guys, none of this is, is to be condemning. Not, I mean, we talk about all kinds of things in here. But this is, this is about our family. This is about what God's doing here. This is about the church of Jesus. And for those of you, those of you guys that are, are, that are like, no way, I'm never leaving Jesus, I just want to say, stick with him. Do not give up. Do not give up. And there's a verse in Proverbs that says, though a righteous person falls seven times, Seven times he gets back up and keeps going. Yeah, we mess up. Sure, we mess up. And every, every time you mess up, get back and say, you know what? I shouldn't have done that. Don't blame everybody else. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry. And let's get back in the game and let's do what Jesus called us to do. Some of you guys right now are, are dealing with, the Lord is speaking to some of you tonight. Some of you guys are like, okay, tonight's the night I'm getting back in the game. So we've got a prayer team that meets in the prayer room right after this. If you need prayer, or if you want to, if you need prayer for one of our leaders, if you're if you're one of our small group leaders, raise your hand. If you're leading a small group, okay. Here's our small group leaders. We're gonna have the prayer team in there. You guys, if 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 the Lord is speaking to you tonight about stepping back into what He called you to do after you left, let's deal with it tonight. And I just want to say, welcome home. Glad you're here. Let's stand up and pray. Lord Jesus, I just want to confess that I know that there's times that I've forgotten what you called me to also. 
And I thank you for your wonderful, endless grace and love that covers all of our sin. All of our sin. And there's forgiveness, unending forgiveness. And Lord, I just, just, I just want to speak in Jesus' name of all of you. Welcome home. Welcome back. Today, all of us, Lord, we're, just, we're all signing back up for the ministry that we know you called us to. That's why we're here. And some of us don't even know what that means, what that looks like, but Lord, we want it. And we surrender ourselves to you. Everything that you want for us, we want also. Whatever it takes, however hard that might be, to whatever degree we have to go to change, Lord, we want it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in each of our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in Kenneth's life, Lord. Just a testimony that he gave of really coming back to you. You using hard times in his life to bring him back. Lord, I just, just, just know that you've got a calling in his life also, every one of us. So would you, would you just help each one of us to fan that into flame? Lord, we love you. Would you teach us to love you more? In Jesus' name, amen.